Some people are saying Zach Eady doesn't deserve player of the year honors, but his numbers have earned him this spot. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, you're listening into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at everything going on in Big Ten basketball, from awards recognition coming the way of some of the Big Ten's best to the players on the way out as of just today. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. We're going to talk more about FanDuel here later on, but before we get into anything else, let's dive into the latest in some of the award recognition from the Big Ten and some more coming up. We've heard AP Player of the Year announced. It is Purdue's Zach E. And as the biggest of the hardware is yet to come on Sunday with the Naismith Player of the Year being announced then, is it a shoo-in for Zach E. to take that one too? And is he deserving of these awards, given that Purdue had a slow finish to the season, but also the failure to go on in the NCAA tournament and losing to a 16 seed? That's all up for debate, and that's where I want to start the program. Nate Dickinson with you here again, and welcome into Locked On Big Ten. You can follow along wherever it is that you listen to podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter, too, at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end, not T-E-N. Let's dive right in. Zach Eady is your AP Player of the Year. That has already been decided. And with that announcement came some backlash from some people in the Big Ten around the country, purely because of how Purdue ended its season. Yes, the Boilermakers lost to a 16 seed in Fairleigh Dickinson. But at the same time, Purdue also in the last month or so was just not the same team Everyone in the Big Ten kind of saw that that team had not played in the same way it did in the beginning part. And while everyone knew that the talent was there and Edie was leading the way, of course, there was a hesitancy, I feel like, to say that Purdue was a real contender. And when they lost in the first round, that was a confirmation for a lot of people that the Boilermakers never were really legit. I would argue that There were plenty of points in the season where you could say Purdue was a legit championship contender. But down the stretch, it was definitely a struggle. And some of that bad vibes, let's say, also definitely went on to Zach Eady as well as his individual recognition took a hit too. Because so the first half of the season, he was just the dominant big man from the country. And I think over the course of the year, people started to realize that Edie was a lot more than just the big body he had previously been at Purdue. But at the same time, as Purdue started to falter, so did people's faith in Edie. And a lot of people were saying, when this award was announced, that they weren't looking at the whole picture, the voters in the AP polls. That they didn't take into effect enough that Purdue played weekly down the stretch, of course lost in the NCAA tournament, but that he just wasn't the same player. However, when you look at all the numbers, 
it's pretty obvious that what Zach Eady did this season was the best in basketball. And it's the reason why, if you ask me, he's going to easily take home this Naismith Player of the Year trophy at the end of the weekend as well, too. Let's just take a look at some of the more advanced metrics because that's some of the stuff that we're going to be looking at here. When it comes to estimated wins added, when it comes to player efficiency rating, when it comes to advanced metrics like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wind shares. Wind shares is what I'm talking about. Zach Eady led the country in all three of those categories. He led the country in total rebound percentage and offensive rebound percentage. But it's not just the fact that he led these categories that he's going to get him this award. It's the fact that he led it in such a dominant fashion too. Edie's PER for the season was 40.2. That was six points better than second in the country, which just so happened to be Trace Jackson Davis, another nominee for the Naismith Player of the Year Award. His win shares at 8.8 are a full win more than second place. The difference between second and 10th place in that award was 0.8 points. 10th place had seven. Edie had 8.8, a full point bigger than second place. The gap between first and second was bigger than the gap between the next eight, nine players combined. That's the kind of dominance we're talking about with what Zach Eady did this season. And yes, a lot of it's with the points and rebounds, just him stacking the stuff sheet every single time. And a lot of people, I'm sure, would say that that's not what should matter as much as the actual winnings of the games. And well, yes, I agree too. You should put those things into thought when you're going into these awards. At the same time, when someone's dominated these stats in the way that Edie has, it's an obvious pick here that he has to be the player of the year when you're going into it with that. Throughout the year beginning to end, no matter what Purdue was doing around him, Zach Edie was always, always good. Every single time he went out on the court, and more than good, dominant in just about every game. So with that, he was able to put together these numbers, and these numbers prove that over the course of the full season, nobody did it quite like what Zach Eady did. And you can argue that by giving Zach Eady the award, you're not honoring the full season. I'd put the same argument on you, only flip the tables, and say, if you don't think Zach Eady should be our player of the year, then you're really just not paying attention to the early part of the season in which he was absolutely dominating. And also, to be honest, you're probably not paying as close attention as you should be to just Purdue at the end of the season, too. Because while they were losing some games, Zach Eady was really good in every single one of them, just about. So Eady is going to be the Naismith Player of the Year. He is already the AP Player of the Year. And he's going to have earned both of those awards, no matter what the backlash is around it, because there will be backlash with the way that his season ended. Also, Big Ten players going up for Defensive Player of the Year awards as well. Both Chase Audige from Northwestern and Caleb McConnell from Rutgers, two of the four finalists for that award. Big Ten makes up half of the Naismith Player of the Year award finalists as well, too. We already mentioned Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady are nominated, as well as Gonzaga's Drew Timmy and Kansas's Jalen Wilson. 
We're going to be back in just a minute to talk more on Big Ten hoops as we've got big news about players leaving programs. Hunter Dickinson is into the transfer portal. Jalen hood Shafino is into the NBA draft. And we've got Tom Izzo having some comments on the transfer portal as a whole. We'll get into all that here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do any of that, though, FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. And right now, they've got a great special going on where you can get yourself a no-sweat first bet just by signing up with us here at Locked On. All you have to do is head over to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. It's FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get your no-sweat first bet, where if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 in bonus bets back for free. That's all sorts of free money for you to play with if your first bet doesn't hit over at FanDuel. So you don't have to sweat it if you start your account and make your first bet here today. All you have to do is head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up and place your first bet on any of the numerous things you can place your money on over at FanDuel. You can bet on money lines for games, spreads, Props, anything like that. Baseball starting up. Final Four, of course, this weekend. You can put your money on any of it and have a no-sweat first bet with guaranteed money coming back to you thanks to FanDuel and us over here at Locked On. All you have to do, again, is go over to FanDuel.com slash Locked On and get started today. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Let's continue with Big Ten news on the basketball court as we've got big news on players leaving. Let's start with Indiana's Jalen hood Shafino, who announced his eligibility for the NBA draft and in all likelihood ended his college career today. He said that he will be leaving the Indiana Hoosiers to explore the draft process. He is currently projected as a lottery pick, according to ESPN at the very least. He should be right on that edge of the top 14 picks. And he does have right now probably the highest draft potential of any Big Ten player in this draft class. There will be other Big Ten players drafted. Jet Howard may go right before him too, depending on how things shake out. But at the moment, I'd say Hood Shafino is at least right now, with what he's been able to show out there, the best Big Ten prospect for this year's NBA draft class. His ability to score, and especially the way he just turned that on at the end of the season too, I think really convinced a lot of NBA scouts that this guy is legit. He's fast. He's a great shooter. He's going to be able to do the things that NBA coaches want him to do. He's got that kind of modern NBA game to him. So I'm looking forward to seeing where Jalen hood Shafino goes in this draft and who he ends up going to as well. Because depending on the fit, he could have a chance to make an impact right away. Other big news out of the Big Ten may be bigger for the future of college basketball, of course. Hunter Dickinson announced he has entered the transfer portal, is not headed to the NBA draft, is instead going to look elsewhere to see where he can take his talents next season. My take here is Hunter Dickinson, if you ask me, is not going to be remembered nearly as well as he should for his performance here with the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, there was a good part of this season where I was definitely a Hunter Dickinson hater. Yes, he had done well, but as far as the counterparts that he has out there, which turned out to be National Player of the Year candidate counterparts, he just wasn't stepping up for Michigan in the way that Zach Eady was for Purdue or Trace Jackson Davis was for Indiana. And yes, that's a high bar to try and live up to, 
But at the same time, we went into this season thinking that Hunter Dickinson had that kind of potential to be that kind of an elite player with this team. And no, maybe he was never that. But at the same time, he carried this Michigan team for a lot of the last couple of seasons. He was the lone bright spot for a lot of what was a disappointing couple of years, given what Michigan had coming in. Top 25 preseason talent in multiple cases. And at some point throughout each of the last two years, people were thinking that Michigan was a really, really good basketball team. And while they never lived up to the expectations as a team, Hunter Dickinson is a three-time All-Big Ten player. That's something that just doesn't come around all that often. And now he's going to be able to take his talents into the portal and be able to join a team where he thinks he can really be part of a national championship contender. And that's what's really, really going to be fun to see for him next season. Because maybe he goes to another Big Ten team, and that would be insane for us. But no matter where it's at, he's going to pick an opportunity where he can succeed and try to succeed in a way he never did at Michigan. But I believe that that team success is going to be a big, big part of it for him, too. And we'll see what ends up taking place and how he can do things at wherever his next destination is. But for Michigan, I think now Jawan Howard, we're really going to see, all right, what can he actually do here? Because it's been already a couple of disappointing years for the team as a whole with his leadership and with what was thought to be some really good players. Now you're losing your biggest piece. And now the real rebuild starts. And he's going to have his opportunity to say, okay, I've been here a few years now. Here's what I can put on the floor. And here's what we can really do. Because there's been recruiting class wins for Juwan Howard here. He's done perfectly fine there, brought in good players. But it hasn't quite translated in the same way to winning on the court. And now I think Juwan Howard is really, really going to start to be tested here. Because I don't know how many more disappointing years he has as the head coach of this team. We'll see. But at the moment, Juwan Howard has been a bit of a disappointment as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. And we know that the expectations at Michigan, while it may not be football, are always going to be high. Finally, Tom Izzo had a quote speaking out against transfer portal rules, mainly about getting waivers for a second transfer that apparently he just thinks are a little bit too lenient. Here's the official quote from Izzo, and I quote, this waiver thing, if you've got a hangnail, you get a waiver. I just don't believe in that because I think somebody, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's agents, whether it's people, they're just going to come up with a different reason. I just think we're hurting decisions that kids make. I mean, we've got 1,200 talking about people in the transfer portal. By Tuesday, we'll have 1,500, and then we're going to get a second wave of kids in the portal. And kids are going to go places that maybe it's a little bit for the money. Maybe it's because they're worried about beating somebody else out. We all had to beat people out, and I think we're losing that. Where's the competitive edge? I Listen, if you ask me, anyone who has complaints about the transfer portal is just somebody who isn't using the transfer portal well enough. Because I have yet to hear an argument that's really logistically sound as to why this thing isn't good for the school, for the competition. Yes, in theory, the rich only get richer, but the rich were only getting richer anyway. And it gives players at small schools opportunities to go to bigger ones, but also it gives 
players at bigger schools, opportunities to get more playing time at a smaller place. Or maybe it's just not a right fit where you're at and you're able to go to somewhere else. And by the way, he's complaining about the second time a player's transferring, which isn't even legal according to the NCAA. He just thinks that the waivers are getting too lenient with where those kids are going. Again, if you're upset about the transfer portal, you're just not good enough at it. And Tom Izzo, I'm sure, is just mad that somebody else is beating him out on some other players. I really, really don't think that he... I shouldn't say he doesn't believe it because I'm sure there is some part of Tom Izzo that's just old fashioned and doesn't like the change. But I know for a fact that if he was killing it in the transfer portal, he would not be saying these things. That's what it is with the transfer portal, with NIL. The people who are upset about it are the ones who just aren't winning with it, who haven't figured it out and aren't as good at it as everybody else is. Because if it was helping you, you wouldn't be complaining whether you actually liked it or not. So for Tom Izzo, I say just get over it. Because you'll notice with these arguments that they make, he talks about having to beat somebody else out. That's not an actual argument. That's not a real thing. Yes, you have to beat people out on campus, but you have to do that just about everywhere. And these players are going to places. Yeah, maybe it is so they have a better chance at getting playing time. But who cares? If it was going to be a struggle for him to play at all on your team, then he's better served somewhere else. And your roster spot is honestly probably better served being filled by somebody else. It, it's just stupid for these people to think that we can't see right through them. Because, yeah, I, I guess I believe that Tom is a legit doesn't like people transferring all that much. And there surely is some sort of I've been a coach forever and I don't like the change about it. But again, if it was helping him, he wouldn't be complaining. So I have no, I take no value in what he says when he complains about it. Let's continue on and finish up the show here by getting you Big Ten news from around the country. As I mentioned, Zach Eady has been named the AP Player of the Year, wins the award. Oscar Sheebway of Kentucky won it last season. Obi Toppin of Dayton, or Dayton almost said Daytona uh, earlier before that. He becomes the first Purdue player in, no, oh, I don't know how long it's been to be since their last, I won't even get into it then. Moving on, Mike Hastings has been named new Wisconsin hockey coach. He takes over the men's squad in Madison. Indiana women's basketball coach Terry Morin has been named AP coach of the year on the women's side. In golf, Michigan's Monet Chung, Illinois' Crystal Wang, and Ohio State's Kaylee McGinty have made the cut to the final round of the Augusta Women's Amateur. There are 17 Big Ten players on Major League Baseball opening day rosters, a whole bunch of schools tied with three players apiece. And we have three Big Ten players named finalists for the Hobie Hat Trick, Michigan's Adam Fantilli, Minnesota's Matthew Canese, and Minnesota's Logan Cooley. Finally, in recruiting news, five-star quarterback Jaden Davis has committed to the Michigan Wolverines. The 2024 QB was the number 35 recruit, according to ESPN's rankings. He had offers from Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, everyone in the country, but it's Jim Harbaugh who gets the big win. That'll do it for news just around the Big Ten here as we wrap things up for today's episode. Be sure to, once you're done here, check out Locked On College Basketball. 
Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from the big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Locked On Big Ten here today. Be sure to follow along with us wherever you get your shows on YouTube and on Twitter too. It's at Locked On Big Ten when you're typing it out, not T E N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports on Twitter with Locked On.